Welcome to the Simply Be podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Zweig. As the CEO of Simply Be Agency and author of the number one best-selling book, Be, this is your masterclass on personal branding. This show is a no bullshit look into what really goes into this work. There's a lot of misconceptions on this term, personal branding, and I'm here to give you the sisterly scoop on reshaping the way you see yourself. So welcome to the roadmap to building your platform and shining your light with your most precious asset, you. It's your time to simply be. This is a Soulfire production. You're listening to the Simply Be podcast, episode number 118. Well, hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the glowed up (laughs) Simply Be podcast. Here we are in the second week of June, not only with our fresh new look, vibe and intro, but also a fresh new intention. Every month here on the Simply Be podcast, we unpack an energy, an experience, a word, an idea a vision for ourselves called the be intention. And we are talking about being unapologetic here in the month of June. And I couldn't think of a better guest, first guest to bring on to my show in this new refresh, in this new month, with this new theme, than one of the most unapologetic boss bitches I've ever come across. And that's Lauren Everts Bostick founder of The Skinny Confidential. And you guys, she's so major and I am so excited to have her on my show. I have been following her work since I actually ran Cheeky Chicago because she uses the word cheeky all the time. And she's, you know, got a hyper pink brand and Cheeky Chicago was also very pink. And so I remember being like, who's this boss bitch in LA doing this blogger thing? And and there I was in Chicago doing my blogger thing. And we kind of were in similar circles and She, of course, exploded with the Skinny Confidential and I, you know, went on my own divine path and launched my very yellow brand, Simply Be. But honestly, when it comes to unapologetic authenticity and really stepping forward as yourself, being your own brand and building truly an empire from it on your own terms, making zero apologies for your personality, for your passions for your style, for your interests, for your ways of being. I just think she's really, really inspirational. And I relate to her on a, on a certain level because let me just say this. When I first came across Lauren, I thought to myself, okay, she's just like a blonde, pretty blogger. And then you double click into her content for like a hot second. And you can see that there is so much depth and brilliance and character and confidence and authenticity and sincerity and curiosity in her. And so I really wanted to bring her on as this beautiful example of what it looks like to build an empire, being unapologetic and doing it in style. Now, many people want to know when it comes to, you know, her incredible brand and business, she talks a lot about skincare, wellness, fitness, you know, being a mom, style, beauty. But what I really wanted to know was how she does it, like how she built the Skinny Confidential. I really wanted to talk about her business, her team, how she structures her calendar, how she makes it all work. And the incredible net net that I took away from my conversation with her was 
the power of boundaries, which you got to be kind of unapologetic in creating boundaries. And so this is a masterclass in how to really build your empire following some really ticky tacky tactics. Lauren loves the details. It's a big part of her brand. She always likes to know the nitty gritty nuances, really always asks the really nooks and crannied questions of how does this actually work? What do you actually eat? What is your morning routine? Like minute by minute, calorie by calorie. And I wanted to ask her, talk to me about building block by building block, day by day, what running the Skinny Confidential is all about and what it really takes. We also talk about marriage. We also talk about working with your husband on your business, which is something that we both do. And we also get into her new book, which comes out a week from today called Get the Fuck Out of the Sun, Routines, Products, Tips, and Insider Secrets from 100 plus of the world's best skincare gurus. Launches June 15th. So you want to go pre-order her book. We talk all about the creation of it, what's in it, why it's going to look sick on your coffee table. And yeah, this is just one of my favorite guests I've ever had on on the show. And in case you didn't know who Lauren Everts Bostick is, many people do, but I'm just going to assume maybe not all of you do. She is obviously the founder of The Skinny Confidential, one of the world's biggest lifestyle blogs. Now in partnership with her husband, Michael Bostick, they also host The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, which has over 80 million downloads. She works with top tier brands while continuing to connect with her community on a daily basis. She's been featured in Shape, Women's Health, Self, The Gary V Show, People Magazine, The Lady Gang, Juicy Scoop, Who, What, Where, and was one of Create and Cultivate's top 100 beauty bloggers. She is not only an author, a blogger, a podcaster, an entrepreneur, but she's also a mom to her beautiful daughter, Zaza, who is honestly like one of the top three cutest kids on Instagram and her two chihuahuas. She's a dope, dope girl. And I am just so excited to bring her to my community in this month of June, as we dive into being unapologetic with Lauren as the example. Let's get into my chat with Lauren. I want to know, Lauren, what does your day look like after you know, you've taken care of Zaza, you've taken care of yourself after the morning routine, when you get to business, when you get to work, you've built this mega platform, the Skinny Confidential. It's got so many different, it's like an enterprise. What are you doing day to day as founder and CEO? I'm really curious. Not a lot of people ask that question because it's like boring probably. No. Um, but I'd love to answer it. I mean, that the be, the between the day of the morning routine and the nighttime is like where the magic happens. And even though on Instagram stories, it looks one way, that's five minutes of my day. Um, yeah. So I am very, very thoughtful about batching things. So for instance, Mondays and Tuesdays are the day that I sit on the phone from 11 o'clock to one o'clock where it's dedicated to me with a transcriber. I've actually never talked about this before. And with my transcriber, we go over every single thing that needs to get done. So my team sends her a list at 10.30 a.m. And I have a team of like 10 people. So they'll send all their questions to this transcriber. She will ask me the questions. I'll answer them. I get all my thank you notes written. I get all my um, emails responded to with her. I go through you know scheduling things. I 
go through. And when I say, say transcriber, I don't mean like for my blogger book. I mean like a transcriber that like is writing all, all the notes that I have, all the questions that need to get answered in one. So two hours answers everyone's questions. And then I'm not the domino in the equation, right? Because I don't ever want to be the one that's holding everyone back. So all their questions are answered so they can go execute on Monday. And then I have a lot of conference calls all the time. I've been doing this lately because I'm short on time. I will do a conference call on Zoom without video and do a workout at the same time. So I'm constantly finding pockets of time. Like right now, um, I even have it on my calendar. Like I like go and walk while I'm on this interview. So I'm always finding ways to move my body while being in the office. Um, and then a lot of parts of my calendar have create. So whether that means to write or to do Instagram or Instagram stories, like I have very strict boundaries around when I create. And that's, um, you know, a lot of computer, a lot of phone, um, but it's time and just space in my calendar where I'm not bothered. And then I have little calls throughout Mondays and Wednesdays only. I only do calls and interviews on those two days. Mm. And I'm getting so specific with you. I love it. You're so you're so a specific person. I'm obsessed with the way you detail shit. It's great. Um, I only do calls and interviews on Monday and Wednesday because after 12 years of doing this, I found if I have conference calls and interviews from Monday to Friday, my brain's all over the place. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I need space to create. Or Tuesdays and Thursdays are in-person interviews with the podcast. So we'll do the podcast in person. And when I say interviews, just to clarify, I mean on-phone interviews. So on-phone interviews are Mondays and Wednesdays. Anything on the phone is Mondays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays is creative time or podcasting in person. And then Friday is usually like photo shoot, video, whatever I need to do um, visually. And um, then I'm on text messages with like, I have a text message called TSC product. I have a text message called TSC collabs. I have a text message called TSC podcast. So everyone on the team is like constantly working, but it's organized in those text messages. Um, and I check email probably twice a week. And I hope no one on my team is listening to this because I do something that's the most annoying thing ever. I respond to emails on Sundays or Saturdays because no one can write back to me and I can clear my inbox and be fresh for the week. So when they wake up, everyone's like going into the email and seeing what needs to be done. I don't even check email really the whole week. I find it to be very distracting and it like is reactive and I want to definitely be proactive. And then as far as like, I also try to make space for DMs, like engaging with the audience and making sure that I'm serving the community. So there's space in there for DMs. Um, my calendar is planned out to a T. So like I'll put my workouts in yellow, like the due dates for things in red. Um, you know, anything that's beauty and pink, like if I'm getting a facial or something that's in pink. Um, and then I also make space for my friends and family. So like, you know, tomorrow I'm FaceTiming my friend in France. And so I'll put that on my calendar to like have a hold. Um, and you know, I think it's important it, like after I, I don't touch my phone really for about an hour and a half in the morning. So when I do finally touch my phone, I'll just pick it up and I'll send voice notes to five of my friends and like check in or my family and see how they're doing. Like just trying to find those pockets mm. in the day to keep things a little bit balanced. I mean, balance to me is like completely unattainable. We're all doing our best, yeah. but, well. um, 
that just like, I just always am looking for efficient, productive things that you can be doing at the same time. And I call it passive multitasking. So how am I passively multitasking? And that could mean getting a facial and checking emails for an hour or getting a blowout and and working on two blog posts. Like it's just constantly finding those those times to get something that's passive while you're getting something done. Um, I also have, and again, this is getting so detailed, but I feel like I just want to like wrap the answer fully. I even have time with my daughter or reading time in my calendar. Um, but I think the key is so you're not overwhelmed is to have a lot of creative space to create in your calendar and create the boundaries with your team. And then the other tip is. The first hire, in my opinion, should be someone who's a practitioner of your calendar. Mm. So someone who's constantly going through and being like, okay, how can I streamline this in the best way? Um, I'm horrible at time management. It, like I am the worst. I am, I ha- like it's my main thing I would have to work on is like being on time. I always over like underestimate how much time I have. So I definitely need someone who's like texting me 10 minutes until this call, like here's call in, like just someone who's following my calendar to a T is incredibly helpful. Um, so those are some of the ways that I try to get stuff done. Nothing is perfect. Obviously there's stuff that goes wrong every single day, but you just, you try. I'd say you try. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And girl, as someone who is running a company too, I have 17 employees and has, I think my schedule is like the bane of my existence. It's like the splinter in my thumb that like never gets comfortable. It's Yeah. It's and t- I was 10 minutes late. So great. And I it's screwed up your schedule. No, it's you actually gave me 10 minutes to breathe. In fact, cause I'm so back to back. So when people are late, I'm actually secretly grateful. <laughs> don't, I love it too. I'm the same way as you. I love take it. your time. <laughs> take your time. <laughs> That's how I feel all the time. You can work on your phone. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. You, I mean, to just come up for air for, to have like 10 minutes of headspace when unless I'm like really back to back and I'm pressured to like, I'm in flow today. So it worked out, but nonetheless, you said something, Lauren, that you mentioned the word boundaries. Like you called it like multitasking or something. I I'm listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a, a woman who, you know, knows her time is valuable. And I'm working with, I have a life coach and we work with a lot of different like archetypes. And one of the archetypes that I've been really focusing in, in on is the priestess. And it's this, it's this image, this is ideal of this woman kind of in a temple with a big moat of water around her. And it's, it's all about like creating boundaries and spaciousness for herself so that she can fill her own cup to be of the highest service to her community. And it sounds to me like whether you realize it or not, you've really done that with all of these micro strategies that are in essence boundaries. And this is why I wanted to ask you the question because you know, you, you are running something that's really successful and, and as am I, and, and it sort of looks like from the outside in, it's, it's gotta be so much fun. And it, and it is, I'm sure on many, many, de- many occasions and days, but for, for us to be able to hear like how much actually goes into you protecting your time so that you can get shit done. And the efficiencies that you've put in place are really, truly tactically very inspirational, which is why I wanted to ask the question selfishly. But I have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to my show who are growing their businesses, who are rising up to be in their priestess temples. And I think it's just such a healthy conversation around boundaries today. It's like, we think we have to give our time away all the time and that's just not sustainable. You're a great example of that. 
Yeah. Boundaries are so important. I had no idea about boundaries when I first got started. I said yes to every single thing for seven years. Wow. For seven years, seven days a week. Yes, 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 yes. Whether it was surprising a reader, you know, or, or writing a school paper for someone who was in sixth grade that wanted to like feature me, I said, yes. And I think yes is amazing to get to you to where you want to be, but to take it to the next level, you have to say no. And Tony Robbins says it perfectly. He says, there comes the time when what was serving you stopped serving you. So yes, was serving me until it wasn't. And then I got brutal. And I honestly have told, I was talking to my assistant the other day and I'm like, I've kind of turned into a bitch. And I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm, I'm really cutthroat about my time now. And I am working on this too. I need to be more cutthroat. This is something I could totally work on with other people's time as well. Like that time is something I'm really interested in, whether it's capitalizing on my own or helping someone else get more time back. Um, boundaries are so important. I think there should be days that you're off social media. I think absence is just as important as presence. And I don't think this day and age realizes that. If you are posting every single day, all day long, all the time, you're going to saturate yourself. So I think absence is incredibly important. I, and that's a boundary. Totally. I think having a boundary with your significant other, I don't want to talk about QuickBooks at 10 PM at night when I'm winding down. No, he knows that now it's, it's taken seven years of training. Now, when he brings it up, I don't speak. I just don't speak back. Like I'm not, I'm not going to talk about work when I'm in my bedroom. Um, I think that having boundaries with, um, with events, I'm, I'm not a big number. I'm even before COVID, I'm not a networking person. I don't, that's not how I like to network. I like to network in, in other ways than just going to random events. Um, and how I like to network. And it sounds like you do too, is the podcast is such an amazing way to invite people on and, and, you know, get to learn about them. It's like, I'm having dinner with them. I'm not a fan of like events. So, um, that's another boundary. So I think you just have to have a really real, honest, self-aware conversation with yourself on what works for you and make sure you're honoring your boundaries. Um, other boundaries could mean, you know, on, on, I'm, I'm going to take a vacation in two weeks. And I told my team, I'm not available. Like, and, and five years ago, I would have worked the whole time. Yeah. And hustle culture, like I do think it's important to hustle. Um, but I also think it's important to have boundaries. I think th- they can live simultaneously in the same space. Yeah, totally. You know, you bring up this like dichotomy, I think a lot of entrepreneurs face, which is this um, way of being, which is opportunistic versus strategic. And I had to learn that balance too. Like when you're first starting what you said, those first seven years, like saying yes, being opportunistic and taking advantage of the opportunities that come your way is, is a huge piece to growth. It's how you kind of have to operate for a while. And then you move into being strategic, what I call discernment, which is like deciding, is this an alignment? Is this not? And I want people listening, whether you're like at Lauren's level or you're on your way or whatever, like you can look at every single moment and decide every single opportunity. Is this something for me to be opportunistic around? Is it worth it? Or should I be more strategic and discerning and flexing the word? No, I actually think makes you more magnetic and it opens up more of the right doors for manifestation versus just saying yes, yes, yes. Because to me, at least in my experience, that was there was an energy of scarcity behind that for a time of like, I need to say yes to everything or I'm going to miss out on an opportunity that might come of it. Or if they 
they won't ask me again if I don't say yes. And that's just a, a scarcity mindset that really, I think eventually as we evolve as, as business women, really, we learn to be in a state of abundance and take, take the word no as like a holy, a holy act to preserve our energy and direct it in the way that actually is in alignment with where we've, where we've come to versus where we were. And I think you just define that. So, so great. Um, I actually want to click into something you just said. So you work with your husband. So do I, he's my CFO. And this was one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because you do talk about it sometimes on your show. You just mentioned the boundary of saying no, of not talking about QuickBooks at night. I told, I relate to that on a soul level. Oh my God. What? I just don't understand. I don't understand how they can talk so much about business when it's over. It's like, it's over. The day's over. What other, what other advice do you have? Like, you know, working with Michael, working with anyone that you're, you're close to, because not everybody works with a spouse. I do, you do, but how have you really learned to navigate that? Cause you guys are, you know, really thriving and you've built a big thing and you're doing it together. And I'd love to know, tell us what you maybe haven't shared about that. I'm interested to take a look behind the curtain even more when it comes to that and what advice you have. Yeah. It's difficult working with your significant other. It's just, it just is. And the advice I have is you just have to do it over and over and over. It's difficult to run a business, but you just have to do it over and over and over. Yeah. And no one wants that answer because it's boring, but it's just like a bicycle. You just keep riding it and riding it and riding it and riding it. Um, and with your significant other, you just keep doing it and you keep re- re- refining the experience as you go. Yeah. So I've realized that when I'm you know, working with a brand for an ad or a partnership, like I don't want him in the room. Like go away. <laughs> That's something I've never shared. When he's in my space and I'm creating, like, I don't want him in the room. It's, it's a distraction. He interrupts. Like, it's just not, it's, I need to just be creative in my own space. So I think you have to like figure out what those pain points are and, um, deal with them as you go. So for another, another example is he likes to have everything ready to go for the podcast, like right away. I'm the type of person, which is horrible, that I like to procrastinate to the last fucking second and then and then put it up. And so we've had to come to this happy medium where mm. we like, you know, get everything turned into our producer on like, we have like a day now, like Thursdays is when we get it all turned in. So um, we just have a different way about the way we work, which is I think why we work. Yeah, But it's definitely constantly refining it. And you don't want to get to a place where you're having resentment towards each other. Because once there's that resentment, it's hard to go back. So I'm, I'm about like, I'm an oversharer by nature. I'm, I'm very upfront with how I feel with my husband. Like I'm, I'm not sugarcoating anything. He knows my personality. We've known each other since we were 12. So there's no like, when I, when I don't like something, I tell him when he doesn't like something, he tells me. But also, you know, he can be like a dog too. Like you got to reward them when they do something good. <laughs> That's so and true. however you reward them is up to you. I have my own ways, tips and tricks up my sleeve. But when he does something great, I'm like, I act like he, he built Egypt. I'm like, oh my God, I like gloat about it. So there's a little manipulation tactic there too. No, it's so true. It's like, I feel the same way. It's like, you know, the five love, love languages, right? Like, Yes, of Phys- course. Right. Physical touch, acts of service. My husband and I have opposite love languages. And when I, mine's physical touch and his is acts of service. He loves me by like making me coffee and like getting my car filled up with gas. And I'm like, no, can you just like 
fuck me more. Like truly, like that's that's how I want to be loved. And so when I love him more in his love language, like when I do acts of service for him, he I don't know if he realizes it or not. Like he subconsciously like touches me more. Like we have more physical contact. I think it's I think it's amazing that like whole love language thing, but it really does. It really is true. You can train your men. <laughs> like, yeah, you really it's, can. It's slow, but it happens. It's so slow, but it does happen. No, that's that's amazing. Okay, so Lauren, one thing you said, which I totally love about your brand, which is like how unapologetic you are. Like you have a strong personality, and it doesn't just come out in your um, relationship. I just see it like in your platform at large. Like you just are very bold, confident. Like you share what is real for you, whether it's like your latest product or your point of view on what's happening in the world. And I, I just have so much tremendous respect for you on that level. And I know, cause I follow your business that you have gotten, like, you have a lot of people who love you clearly. Right. Um, but you've had like hate and trolls and like, I've actually started to deal with that more than ever because of like my book launch and it's whatever, like profile has risen. And I'd love to, to get your thoughts on how you deal with it. Cause I think a lot of people I say this all the time that people hold themselves back from like putting them, themselves out there, not because they don't have the skill set or don't know how to tactically like create a great platform or blog, but because they're afraid of really being seen in the world for who they are being, not just what they're doing. And it's scary. And I get that. And I just would love to hear how you have weathered that storm and what you do to, to deal with it. Cause I don't think you get a ton of it, but I know you probably have your fair share of it. And how do you, how do you deal with that? What, what advice do you have around trolls? Yeah, I just realized I'm not for everyone, but I felt like that since I was little, like, I just, I feel like it's, it's a lot of people are going to judge my fake tits and my blonde hair. And a lot of people are going to judge the book by its cover. And a lot of people are going to hate, just hate. And I'm like, okay with that. I feel like it's part of what I do. It just, it just is. And so, you know, how I deal with it is if you come to my page and you say something about my daughter or my family or something that's completely uncalled for, you get blocked. Just right. like you would get kicked out of my house. Goodbye. Right. I don't, and it's, I just don't want your energy in my ether. Like go somewhere else. And I've been really upfront with that. If you come on my page and you say something that's constructive, I'm totally open to having a conversation and maybe there's something I need to take accountability on. Um, and if you're just coming on my page to troll and it's stupid shit, I find it to be just part of what I do. Like it, it, to be honest with you, it doesn't not, it doesn't get to me anymore. And it kind of got to me in the beginning, but honestly, like you're not going to be for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I would say like my number one tip is don't give it energy. Yeah. Block it if it's gross about something like your family or like something that's so uncalled for. But if it's not, my friend texted me the other day that someone wrote something rude on her page. She's like, what do I do? Do I delete it? I'm like, no, just leave it. And you know what? The funny thing is half the time when someone writes a jackass comment on your Instagram, your community of amazing people that you have brought together defend you. It's like, Yes. You know, it's it's just like if if someone says something so outlandish, sometimes I just leave it up. Sometimes I like it. <laughs> yeah, you said that. You were like at, back to the comment you made about like being judged book by its cover. That you it gives you a sense of power in a way. It's like a superpower. Say more about that. I 
for, for me or anyone to affect you so much that you have to go to their space and write something is wild to me. Yes. I, I always say like, if something triggers me, it's, I examine why it triggers me. Like, instead of blaming it on someone else of why they're triggering me, I'll, I'll look at myself and say, what is upsetting you, Lauren, about this? I think so often we're like, this person triggered me and this person did this and this person posted about this. And, and it, it, I just feel like you should look at yourself of why that's triggering and see if there's a way that you can do something to help yourself. And listen, I have triggers too. I'm not acting like I don't. Mm. I just think it's, it, I like to take accountability. Yeah. Instead of going and blaming someone else. It's, I mean, that's a very evolved way of, of being, by the way. Like I saw someone that I follow get a ton of hate for something she shared and she responded to it with so much grace. And she said, hurt people, hurt people and healed people, heal people. And no one is fully ever done. Like we're all on the path to healing. I think most of us are, but it's really it's really true. Like basically this girl was sharing her new relationship. She's been with this guy for six months. They're like totally madly in love. And she was giving relationship advice basically. And someone commented was like, who the fuck are you to give relationship advice? You've been just because you've been dating a boyfriend for six months doesn't make you an expert. And she was like, you're right. It doesn't. And I thought to myself, I, I read this long caption, but I thought to myself, that person that wrote that is probably so sad that they don't have a boyfriend <laughs> that they're, that they haven't found love. And it's really hard to do that. Like in the moment when it's at you, you know, because me, me looking at someone else would be like, Oh, I can send love to that hater. But when that hater is coming at you, it's really hard to do that. And I kind of, it's, it's funny you say this, Lauren, cause like whenever anyone posts any shit, whether it's like, I don't have a daughter, but like if it's about something personal or otherwise I delete them, like I would delete and block them. I don't want them anywhere in my ether, but you're saying, leave them up and like, let your community defend you or take a stand for you and kind of let it like lie there, like a piece of shit in the middle of the room that they took. Like, it's not yours, it's theirs. And I think that's really yeah, interesting. Let it lie there. Yeah. If you're, if you're worried about other people agreeing with them, then like, you know, who cares? Let other people agree with them. It's not, everyone's going to like you. It's not always going to be like that all the time. And I think you're right. The person's usually coming from a place of insecurity and you have to have empathy for them. Um, but my advice would be to not focus on that. I really, that, that takes up 0.00000% of my brain. Like I would say like, have a, like another Tony Robbins thing. I don't know why I'm on a Tony Robbins kick right now, but he says like the seven second rule, like it occupies seven seconds and then we got to move on to what's actually, you know, moving the needle. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I love Tony Robbins. It's great advice. So speaking of amazing big things that are taking up probably a lot of your brain right now, you have a book that launches this month in June uh, called Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. June 15th is your launch date. So exciting. I just launched a book baby myself. So it's like, I understand it, what you're, where you're at right now. I want to know. Congratulations. Thanks, girl. You too. The, <laughs> you, you could have written a book about anything. Like you kind of could have, you talk about a lot of things. You have a lot of depth to your platform, but you chose skincare. And I'm, I'm interested why, like, let's talk about the direction of this book first. And then I want to talk about the process of putting it all together. Why, why skincare? Yeah. So I recently launched a product line after 12 years. I, I 
finally have been working on for the last four years product for the community. It's, it's, um, you know, handmade out of my head. Amazing. So nothing's white labeled. Like it's every little detail has been really thought out. And so with that, I wanted to have a book that supported that, um, you know, skincare has been such a big thing on my platform. Our beauty and wellness episodes do the best probably out of all of them. People are very interested in niche beauty trends and skincare secrets. And ever since I started, I've told my audience, I never go in the sun. I'm very um, cognitive about, you know, wearing a hat, wearing driving gloves, like my, my tinted windows have SPF in them. I think it's the key to use to stay out of the sun. So that's something I've talked about along with spray tanning, along with all these skincare secret tips and tricks, ice rolling, lymphatic drainage over and over and over and over for the last 12 years. And finally, I could not find one skincare book that was cheeky. All of them were written by doctors and they were these high level, boring to to me, um, complicated books. And I wanted to write something that was like, you were having happy hour with me. But then I also wanted to make sure that everyone knew I am not an expert. I'm a practitioner. So I'm someone who has tried all the products, talked to all these doctors and celebrities and influencers. So what I did is I, of course, showcased every secret I have, you know, I've, I probably wrote like 150 of the pages. And then the rest of the book which is another 100 pages, is the top tier influencers, celebrities, podcasters, doctors, and experts. And I went to them to get all the juice, to get the skinny um, on, on all these things. And so it really is all the secrets. And someone asked me today, they're like, well, is any of this sponsored by brands? Nothing sponsored. So I didn't want it to be a place where people could like pimp something out. It's just an honest, refreshing look at people like Molly Sims, Kristen Cavallari, Omni Song, um, the Glow Recipe Girls, Dom Roberts, Patrick Starr, Justin Anderson, um, just a lot of amazing people. And then there's people like Barbara Sturm, who's a doctor, Dr. Dennis Rose, um, and just get all the secrets in one place. And I wanted it to be a book that you can open on any page and find something that's a valuable takeaway. But it's also a book you can read cover to cover that you want on your coffee table that's not boring. Um, and so that's called get the fuck out of the sun. It comes out June 15th and I am so excited. It's here. You know, the process of writing a book can be brutal. It is. <laughs> it so is. <laughs> Just Chinese torture, but, um, I'm finally excited. It's here and, um, it's available on Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble and all small bookstores. I'm so excited for you. It is such a big deal to write a book. And to launch a book. This is so consuming on top of running a big enterprise business, running a team, having a life like to launch a book is like, I just feel like one of the most impressive things anyone can do. I just want to say that. And I want to know, like, what is these these few weeks leading up to launch like for you? Are you how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just trying to make sure that everything's organized, you know, like. You want to make sure it's every day before launch is an event. And it's a lot of organization. Um, But uh, I also don't like to be too silly. Like I don't want to Vanna White my product everywhere. So there's like this fine line for me. Um, I know it will bring them value. So I'm excited to put it out there. But I never want my audience to feel like forced to buy it or 
um, uncomfortable. Like I'm always kind of having that fine line. I don't like things that are overly selly, overly sponsored. I tend to like tune out myself. Um, so I'm sort of exploring that fine line right now. Like how can I put the book out there, but also respect my audience's time? Totally. So if I may ask, it sounds like you have all of these people that are amazing experts and, and celebrities and influencers that gave you tips plus your own. What are some of your favorite, whether it's products or, or strategies for, for skincare that you want to highlight and love from the book? If you can think of any. Yeah, there's like one about how if you boil an onion and make onion tea, it's incredible for your skin. And I looked into it and it's an ancient Japanese ritual. Um, Have you it tried it? cleans you out. Yeah. Does it I work? Mean, yeah, it works great. I do it all the time. I will eat poo if you tell me it's good for my skin. So an onion is like nothing. Um, we talked about um, using snail oil in a mask. We talked about breast milk facials. We talked about lots of niche things and I made sure that it wasn't like drink water. You know what I mean? Like it's not repetitive. I went back to some of these people and was like, I need more. Like I was very, very annoying <laughs> Amazing <laughs> to make sure that I really got the skinny on each of, on each of these things. And then from my end, I talk about everything from lymphatic drainage to dry brushing to, um, to sculpting your face, to going in front of the light, the red light we talked about, to freezing cold showers. Like every inch of your skin is covered from your cuticles. The owner of Olive and June in there is talking about your cuticles to your tongue. Like we talk about tongue scrapers. So this is not just like your Facebook, right? It's like even like how to like trim your nose hair without getting a cut. Like every little detail of the skin we talk about. I'm so excited. This is going to be amazing. So I like, I can't wait to read it. Thank have you, you ever heard of endermology? No, that's not in the book. You should have been in it. Girl. So it has, it is literally the fountain of youth. It has made my skin age backwards, quite literally. Um, I'm going to be 40 in two months. And you look great. I'm looking at you right now. You look amazing. Thanks girl. I mean, I, I care. I mean, I doubled down on my skincare, like in my late twenties and, you know, I have a little bit of Botox, but like, no, no fillers. Like these are my lips. Like this is everything's real. Endermology is basically collagen stimulation, non-invasive collagen stimulation. And I went back in like 2019, you, you kind of have to boot camp it. Like you can't just go once and expect to see results. You have to go like twice a week for like three months. And it was a huge expense. But what happens is you go like you double down on it and then you only have to go like once or twice a month or once a month for maintenance, like thereafter. And my face has changed. Like if I look at photos of myself from my early thirties to now, I look younger. It's really, really crazy. And I swear by it. So I was wondering if it was in your book, but sidebar, check out Endermology because I'm sure they well, have it where you live. That's part two, I'll interview you on this. Yeah, girl. Your skin looks great. Thank you. I love it. Okay. Well, this was amazing. I'm so excited to share this, this show. I think that you're a badass and you've really built something that has stood the test of time, like the sustainability of the skinny confidential. And it only continues to, to get bigger and more impactful. And I think more real, I think is just a testament, you know, to you. I know you have a 10 person team behind you, but really the tenacity and the resilience. And thank you for really breaking down your, your day today, because I think it's so important for people to see like what it really takes to, to, to build something like you've built and to, to keep shining and being so 
supportive of other women and cool along the way is like, and real is I think an even bigger Testament. So thank you for, for all of this, Lauren. Um, I want to ask you the last question that I always ask every guest. Um, Simply B is my brand and it means a lot of things. I think it has a lot of layers. It's more than just a brand name. It's a statement, Simply B. And I'd love to know what those two words mean to you. Simply B is simply be you. Be you on your own terms. Stop letting society dictate where you should go. Stop letting your mom and dad and sister and brother and best friend from high school say what you should be or who you should be with or how you should live your life. I am not an effective person if I can't live life on my own terms. I The reason that I want to build what I'm building is for community and for purpose. And what it, is, what it means to myself to build this is autonomy. I want to wake up every single day and be free to create and have independence and be to the tune of my own drum. And, and so simply being to me is autonomy. Um, and whatever that is to you, do that and, and do it, do it hard and do it well and do it daily and drown out the noise. Beautiful. I fucking love it. Every word of it. Thank you for being an example of that and for dropping such wisdom today and, and for coming on my show in this crazy time. I cannot wait to read your book. I'm so excited for you and I'm sure it's going to be a huge success. And I'm, I have no doubt your audience is like ready for that kind of book. So I, and I'm one of them. So thank you for your time. And Lauren, obviously I think most people know where to find you, but where can people find you and buy your book and all the things, tell us all the things. Yeah, you can. First of all, thank you so much for having me. That was so much fun. You're a great interviewer. Um, I hope you get to sign with your media. That'd be so much fun. Um, you can find me at the Skinny Confidential, the product line, and then at Lauren Bostick on Instagram. And then everything is on the blog, skinnyconfidential.com. And the book is on Amazon, Target, and uh, Barnes and Noble. And we're all small bookstores, or we're all books are sold. Um, and everything's pink, so get ready. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 